something a little different today, as you might have guessed. But uh, as I was thinking about the topics for this series on prayer, I, it seemed to me that it might be helpful to some of the couples if Forrest and I talked a little bit about our experience of praying together. You know, I'm surprised um, how many times when a couple or one person from a couple comes to me for counseling on their marriage and I say, have you been praying about this together? I kind of always get that deer in the headlights look like <laughs> praying, you know, and, and which is kind of odd or surprising because these are uh, Christian couples. But we don't always think about it or understand what a great benefit it is to our marriages. And prayer changes things. And that's true in our marriages as well as our day-to-day life. And, and so it's an important part of uh, marriage to pray together. We're going to talk in a minute about the, some of the barriers and the benefits to doing that. But before I start, I want to acknowledge that I, that I know some of you are widowed and others of you are single. If you're not married and hoping to or wanting to be married someday, I, I hope that you'll tuck away the things that we're saying today uh, and, and maybe God will use those at some point in your life. And because I believe that prayer is so essential to um, experiencing the best that God has for us as couples. And for those who are widowed, I, I know that you know you have children or grandchildren or a neighbor or a, a friend who maybe is struggling in their marriage. And I would just encourage you to, uh, to listen with ears of things that you might pass on to them or share with them or that you might point them to the website to, to listen to the message themselves. I just had such a strong sense that this was the message God wanted us to bring and that he's going to use it to, to strengthen marriages. And, and I think that's something that we all want. And that uh, So I hope that you'll listen today, whether you're married or not, and that you'll be able to get something out of it. Um, Forrest and I have been married for 43 and a half years. Yeah. He made sure. I don't know if that means, like, don't forget that half, extra, <laughs> extra half yeah. a year. But I attribute that to, to prayer and uh, to keeping Jesus at the center of our marriage and really to force patience with me, <laughs> putting up with me. But Ecclesiastes 4.12 says that a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And Jesus is that third cord that holds everything together in your marriage. And one of the ways that you keep Jesus at the center of your marriage is by praying together. You know, uh, Forrest and I don't have all the answers when it comes to marriage, but Jesus does. And we would love it if God would use this message somehow to help couples to have a deeper walk with him, to experience more of his life in your life. Um, so I thought we'd start, or we thought we'd start, by talking about some of those barriers to praying with your spouse. Forrest is going to get us started. All right. Uh, one of the biggest barriers of praying out loud is, not surprisingly, praying out loud. Um, especially for those of you that are new to that experience, it's just weird to talk to God out loud, especially if you haven't done much of it. But if you stop to think about it, 
Think about a baby that's learning to talk. Uh, when do they first start talking? About a year old or so, okay? Um, before that, what are they doing? They're making noises, but from the time they're born and even before they're born, they're listening to people talk. So if you think about it, taking little baby steps, if you're not comfortable talking out loud, praying out loud with your spouse, a good first step is just to sit with your spouse, hold hands, and listen while they pray. That's agreeing with them in prayer, and you don't have to say anything. I hope they pray. They'll pray. <laughs> well, yeah. If neither one of you will pray, you can just sit in silence and, and, and smile and appear happy. Once you're comfortable being in prayer with your spouse, you may launch into that major first step called sentence prayers, where you just offer, God, be with our kids. And that's a prayer. Um, then you can move from there. Once you get even more comfortable, then you can branch out into longer and kind of more involved prayers. But the key is take it one step at a time and get comfortable with that next step. It's like any skill that you learn. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Sometimes self-consciousness is a major barrier to prayer. You have lack of confidence in your prayer life. Sometimes we might think that we're not as spiritual as our spouse because we're not as practiced in praying. They seem to be able to go on and pray out loud and you fumble and stumble around and don't exactly know what to say or how to say it. And, and you just feel like, I'm not good at this. So don't fall into the trap of thinking you're not as spiritual as your spouse. It's just a skill that they're more practiced at it. And think about it. It could be worse for you than praying with your spouse. You could be praying with your pastor, a professional prayer. So if you don't feel like you're quite up to snuff with your prayer, remember, if you don't pray a lot with your spouse and you give it a try, and even your most halting and stumbling prayers, your spouse will be ecstatic that you are trying. So give it a try. Go slow and easy. Work your way up to it. You should be able to do this. And remember, we never want to judge another Christian, another person, based on how well they pray out loud. That's just a skill. It's something you develop over time, and some people are better at it than others. You shouldn't fall into the trap of thinking, because someone prays out loud very fluently, that they must be a better Christian. They must be more spiritual. It doesn't always go that way. And remember, if we're not going to judge other people for how well we pray out loud, should we judge ourselves by how well we pray out loud? No. It's a skill. Work up to it. So those are a couple. Another barrier to prayer is our schedules. You know we are busy people, and you've got a schedule, your spouse has a schedule, your kids or grandkids have a schedule, they want you to come to events, you have work schedules, you have social schedules, you have church schedules. Um, we live busy lives. And sometimes it's hard to wedge that time in for you to pray with your spouse. 
So something you can do is just sit down together and kind of look at your schedules, examine where are some maybe down times in our schedule, transition times or whatever, where we discover that, oh, we're both sort of free around that period of time or during that part of the day. And start to look for those times when maybe we could fit that in. Uh, you might need to do some adjustments because if there's absolutely, you look at your schedule and there, there's nothing until a week from May before we could pray together. Um, <laughs> if it's that tight, you may need to wedge something in there, make an adjustment, say, okay, when can we set aside some time to do this? And it's a real good idea to find a set, if not a set time, but a set part of the day, bedtime, dinner time, when you get up in the morning, a, a, a portion of your day that you just kind of set that aside. And that's our praying together time. Because if you set a specific time to do that, you're more likely to do that. If you don't set a regular time, we're going to pray this part of the day, you simply won't find time for it. So um, that's all I have to say about that for now. All right, so the third barrier is if you have an unbelieving spouse or a spouse who's just disinterested in um, praying. If your spouse isn't a believer or maybe you're further along in your faith and your, your spouse is just not that interested in praying or is maybe self-conscious or some of those kinds of things, it can be hard to, to pray, right, to to get them to pray with you. But I would encourage you to find a way to to pray with them. Like maybe they'd be willing for you to say the prayer at mealtime. And God will use those seeds that you're planting as you, you're sharing the good news of the gospel when you pray. And, and God is planting seeds in their heart and their mind, and you don't know when those things will bear fruit in their lives. So find some way to pray out loud with your spouse, if they'll allow you to do that. So those are some of the barriers to praying together, but there are so many benefits. And in fact, we're going we're gonna to share four benefits that we've discovered. But, you know, God is a big God. He loves you. He wants you, your marriage to be good and happy and, and, and rich. And so uh, there can be all kinds of benefits that come out of prayer. It's as unlimited as God. But we're going to look at Four primary benefits this morning that, that we've experienced. The first is an increased closeness with each other and with God. Uh, when you pray with your spouse, you get to hear what's on their heart, uh, things that they're worried about, things that are weighing them down, as well as their dreams, things that they're wanting God to do in your marriage, wanting God to do in their work or their career or in your family. And, and it brings to your awareness the things maybe that they're struggling with that, that you can begin to pray with them about. And I found that when we agree on something in prayer, that we're much quicker to agree on it in life as well, whether it's a direction that we need to take or a decision that we're making. Often the decisions that we make come out of what we hear ourselves praying as we pray, because God is, is there with you, and he's speaking into being things. Uh, so you'll also grow closer to God as a couple. This is a, a shared experience of God's presence, and, and God is there with you, and his spirit is working in your spirits and uh, helping you to grow closer together. And it builds your faith. When you, when you pray for something together, and then you see God 
answer that prayer, it's, it increases your faith in a way that you, it wouldn't if, you know, he's praying for something, I don't even know what it is, and I'm praying for maybe the same thing, but we don't know it. And, and so it really increases your faith in that way. When you pray together, it's a spiritual experience. And, and there's this bonding and melding together of your spirit and God's spirit. So much so, when I was taking a class in seminary on marriage and family, the professor of the class was telling us if you're counseling a couple, uh, premarital counseling, and they're struggling with, you know, they want to wait until marriage for intimacy and they're struggling with it, tell them not to pray together because it just increases that desire for closeness. I know I just threw that in there, but I was trying to get the guys to pray with, you know, their wives. So. Oh. <laughs> I heard that. Okay. But that wasn't in your script, so that's, where that's, are we? That's is just it, one of the benefits. It is it my out. turn now? Yes. Mine are going to be real and Very quickly, now, yeah. So, yeah. Move right along. Okay. Um, Another benefit is that praying together expands your prayer life. When you pray together with your spouse, you'll end up praying about more different things. Think about it. In your own personal prayer life, what do you pray about? What you remember. When you're praying together with your spouse, what do you pray about? What both of you remember together. And surprisingly enough, when your spouse prays, they're frequently going to bring up something that you hadn't thought about. And that gives you a reminder to pray about those kinds of things when you're in your own personal prayer time. When we pray together, I always go first because it's all open territory at that point. She hasn't prayed about anything. She hasn't stolen my thunder yet. So I can pray about something and know that she hasn't already said that. And I always will pray kind of back and forth. I always let her go last so that she can kind of round up the strays. All the things that I missed and didn't pray about, she covers all those leftover bases. And it does. we don't get to the amen until we're both done with the things we have to pray about. Um, so it expands your prayer life. You'll pray about more different things. It also broadens the scope of your prayers. Because, not so surprisingly, sometimes when you're praying together, your spouse is going to bring up something that was totally off your radar. You hadn't even remotely thought, that's something I should be praying about. And so that gives you the opportunity to branch out into some whole new areas of prayer uh, to bring those things to mind that wouldn't otherwise come to mind. Um, so then you can begin praying about other similar situations and ask God to be at work in a lot of different areas. Uh, praying together also can change the focus of your prayers. Uh, you know, sometimes the people we pray for, the situations we pray for are complicated. They've got a lot of different pieces to them. And when you're agreeing in prayer on something, your spouse may come up with something that was wow, I never really thought about that part of this issue. And so then you begin praying in a more kind of complete way about all the different aspects of a situation. Like um, somebody's got a, a, a medical problem, and so, you, of course, you're going to pray for their health. But then your spouse mentions, and for their finances. 
Oh, that's right, because they're not working, so they don't have that money coming in, so their family may be having some troubles with the finances. And your spouse mentions, and their children struggling to deal with mom or dad's illness. Oh, the kids might be affected by that. So then you begin praying about all the different aspects of this situation because it touches a lot of different things. So it'll expand your prayer life. It broadens the scope of the things you pray for. And it helps to change your focus, giving you kind of a multi-point focus for your prayers. Get it covered. Page one finished. All right. And uh, number three, you'll be quicker to forgive each other. And here's something that's very important to understand in marriage. Scripture says that our marriages have spiritual purposes. And one of those is outlined in Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, where it tells us that a husband's love for uh, his wife is actually a picture of Christ's love for the church. And so when we love each other well, uh, others around us get a picture of what Christ's love for the church looks like and what a marriage is intended to be. And um, the problem with that is that we have an enemy who doesn't want that. He wants to destroy our marriages and so that we won't live in the blessing of God and, and prosper in our relationship. And so unforgiveness is one of his greatest weapons in destroying a marriage. Uh, Forrest and I rarely fight less than we used to when Hardly we were young ever. and had a lot of more energy. But over the years, we've become quicker to resolve our arguments because we've discovered that when we're having a battle, it's not just a battle between us. It's there's spiritual warfare going on. And, and like any couple, we have our disagreements, but they don't last very long anymore because we're really quick to see what's happening and one or the other of us will say, you know, we need to pray. And when you pray and ask Jesus for his help, you know, and uh, it's just surprising how quickly things will turn around because when you begin to include Jesus and invite him into it, then the enemy uh, has to flee because uh, there's no room for him in that atmosphere. So when you pray together, you're quicker to forgive and, and get on to enjoying life together. And one of the key decisions in our marriage that's helped us to do that was the decision right at the very beginning of our marriage. We decided we were going to pray together every night before we went to bed. And so when we go to bed at night, we hold hands and we pray, and we actually have a system for it. I pray on the odd years, on, on the odd days on the odd years, and on the even days on the even years. You don't have to do it that way. You can figure out your your own system. But And I always um, have to pray on the opposite. I have to think with the year and the day is not the same as the year, and it's 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 confusing. Sorry. I have to ask her, is yeah, it my I, turn? It, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that commitment has ended many of an argument. You know, we'll be fussing at each other and it gets late at night and you're we go to bed and you're laying there in the dark and you're still angry at the other person and at and, opposite sides yeah, of the bed. But, yeah. <laughs> but we've made that commitment to pray and, and we uh, and we always do. We always pray together and so at some point or another and I've I've told this before, but you know, one or the other of us will give up, give in, and just throw your hand over there, you know, just as begrudgingly as you possibly can. But 
Um, but then we began to pray and ask God for forgiveness and acknowledge our part in it. And by the time we're done, then afterwards we apologize to each other. And, you know, scripture tells us don't let the sun go down on your anger. And that commitment has been uh, one way that's helped us to do that. That's really an important thing, uh, that connection of holding hands together that really begins to put you on the same wavelength, just that sense of touch. It's very important. Um, the last benefit is uh, praying together gives you the opportunity to support each other. Now, have you ever had your, your spouse give you a compliment? Please say yes. I'm assuming <laughs> that that's a rhetorical question. Of course, it's yes in every case. Um, or say something nice about you or encourage you or offer words of support. Is that very cool? Yes. But think about it. When you're praying together and your spouse talks to God about you, asking God to help you in your situation, to give you support, to give you comfort, talking you up to God, bragging about how good you are and everything, um, that's powerful. She's talking to God. Uh, she's saying good stuff. That's, that's nice. God, are you listening to this? Because this is very cool. So that actually is, is so much more powerful than them even saying the stuff to you. And when your spouse prays for you, encouraging to strengthen you, to, to build you up, um, you just want to be your very best self for your spouse and for God because God is right there working in your situation and he wants you to, to be good, to do good. Um, and when your spouse prays for God to be at work in your life, do you start looking for ways that God's working in your life? Why, yes, you do. Because your spouse wants God to be at work there, so you start opening your eyes to find out what might he be doing. And you're more likely to follow his lead because your spouse said he was going to be working in your life. And see, he's working. Um, so you can want to be your best, your very best self. It can encourage you to see where God's at work in your life. It's powerful. It draws you closer to God. It draws you closer to your spouse. Now, I want to uh, remind you that praying together with your spouse is not the only praying that you do. We pray every night, bedtime. We have our Monday morning lengthy prayers where we spend some concerted time in prayer. But most of our prayer time is actually our own private individual prayer time. We each need to have our alone time with God because we need to work on that one-to-one -one relationship that we have with our God and Father. Um, but praying together with your spouse can really improve that prayer time that we have. I actually have a Bible verse. I thought it all up by myself. Peggy knew where it was. I did. I just knew some of the words. It might and that's be your from memory verse. First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean that your life is supposed to be a monologue with God, that you are talking, 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 talking constantly to God throughout your entire day? The answer is no. <laughs> you, you know the answer to this. How many of you do that? You're talking constantly to God throughout your day. Oh, look at the hands not going up. Um, how many of you spend time alone with God and you're not talking out loud? How many of you spend alone time with God and you're not even talking? 
You're just with God. Letting him talk to you, letting him just be with you. A lot of our prayer time is just being close to God. Um, Not surprising, do you know there's a lot of different prayer styles? Ways of drawing close to God. Some of them work for you, some of them don't work for you. Remember the story about the guy who uh, says he he can worship God just as well on the golf course? Now, we're not going to give him an out. We're not going to say, oh, yes, you must be worshiping, because chances are there's a very good chance he may not actually be worshiping God on the golf course. But there's a grain of truth in that. How many of you feel close to God when you're outdoors in nature? Anybody got a place where you consider that to be God's country? You hear that phrase all the time. God's country, your special place, your special area. Um, I had a visual aid, but I I don't even think I brought it. I don't know. Um, Peggy asked our son at Christmas time, get me something UP. They live in the Sioux. Something uh, that has to do with the UP. He got her a bumper sticker. It says, God's area code is 906. And it shows a map of the UP. God's country. So a lot of us feel that connection with God when we're enjoying the creation that God made for us to enjoy. So we enjoy God when we enjoy his creation. How about this? Anybody here um, feel especially close to God when you are singing or listening to music? Have you ever had a song that that song was just like, God is here in this place because I'm listening to that song? A song that just brings you to tears? Yeah. So you got draw close to God through music. How about being in this space? with the cross and the candles and your specific spot because you're Methodist, you sit right there in the same pew because that's your perspective. And all's right with the world because you're in God's house. A lot of us feel that way. How about serving others? When you're in service, you feel like you're working side by side with Jesus. You're serving in the food bank, uh, the Good Samaritan. You're at the free store. You're working on a Habitat house. You're just helping your neighbor. And you just feel like, this is what I was created for. And I feel so close to God when I'm doing something for other people. We have a lot of doers. Um, How about those that have their prayer closet, their quiet place, and they just want to be alone and quiet with God? I picture early in the morning, you've got your cup of coffee, You're in your favorite comfy chair. You've got the light on there, your devotion book, the Bible, and you're just spending some personal quiet time with God. We've got a lot of different ways that we approach God and we come to God in prayer. Now, Peggy and I, surprisingly enough, are very, very similar in our prayer styles. (laughs) We are exact opposites in our prayer styles. She is more of an indoor a reflective, quiet time, thoughtful, uh, with the Bible and, and prayer books and, and all kinds of stuff. I am much more of an outdoors, experiencing God in nature, being with God in God's creation. So we've got totally different styles. Um, as a matter of fact, when we do our prayer time, frequently after we've spent a lengthy time on our knees praying about everything we can think to pray about, my next thing is i got to go outside to work, to play, to just relax, because I feel close to God out in nature that he's created. So 
You need to be a little flexible when you're praying together with your spouse. Don't always pray in their way. Don't always pray in your way. But you need to understand your spouse may have a very different way of coming close to God than you do. Now, typically, uh, we pray indoors, um, and we pray together out loud. Although, if the weather's perfect... 80 degrees. (laughs) Perfect like... Climate control, no wind, no noticeable humidity. The sun is just at the right angle in the sky. We may go for a walk and pray together as we walk. That doesn't happen a lot. Um, But uh, we can always pray together indoors because uh, I can always have my outdoors time too. So be flexible with your spouse and try to fit their prayer style in with your prayer style as well. And realizing you've got plenty of time, you can pray in your own way to God that you experience however you experience Him. Okay. So those are some of the benefits of uh, praying together. You might be saying, okay, so what would we pray about if it's not something that you do? Uh, and the answer is anything and everything. Okay, God, God says don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. So you can pray about anything that's on your heart, anything that that is a need in your life right now. You just spent some time praising and thanking God. You you always want to remember to thank Him for the ways that He's at work in your life. And, you know, if you're just getting started in this, like He said, uh, just maybe at mealtime, there's what you pray about. You're, you know, giving thanks for your food. But um, as couples... One of the best places to start, I think, is when you've got a decision to make, to say, you know, maybe instead of trying to figure this out ourselves, let's pray about it t- together. And you can pray about anything we do, but the majority of our uh, prayer time is spent on praying for God's presence, His provision, His protection for our family, our marriage, our, our kids, our grandkids, and for our church. And, you know, those of you who have children, you should be praying for them and with them, teaching them how to pray. Uh, if you have grandchildren, praying for them as well. And, you know, praying that they'll know God and love Him, and uh, you don't want any of them to be missing when you get to heaven, right? So continually praying about them, those kinds of things. But our kids are surrounded today with just so much in the way of temptations, and and they face bullies in the schools and on Facebook, and you know, there's this pull in culture to dress and act older than they are. And they, they need our prayers. And, and don't give up. You know, persist in praying. And the list of things that you can pray for, of course, is endless. I just wanted to throw a little something in. Uh, the whole thing about expanding your <laughs> prayers. Remember I told you that? There were a couple of points about that. Um, I would typically be, okay, we're praying for our family. And if I mention Sean and Libby and the boys and mention them all by name, I would think that I was, you know, pretty much hitting it. Uh, But then when Peggy begins to pray and I begin to realize, okay, Sean and Libby and their marriage, that God would strengthen that and and bind them together as a couple and and use them in their work because they both work in in helping with uh, recovering addicts uh, and stuff. And we've got a grandson who's a senior in high school and has a girlfriend and a job, and he's unsure about going to college. Actually, he's sure that he doesn't want to go. And his dad is equally as sure that he does want to go. 
And we've got a grand, two grandsons with celiac disease, so they have medical issues and they have to have special diets. We've got a grandson that really, really is wonderfully musically talented, and he wants to join the worship team at his church. And so we've been praying about that. Their church is going through some transition. They've kind of been absorbed by another church, and so it's changing the way they're, the way they're doing church together. So you find out it's not just praying for Sean and Libby and Brant and Evan and Drew. There's lots of things going on there that you can pray about. So lots of prayers. Philippians 4, 6. It's harder to read when you're up here. Um, it hurts your neck. Yeah, I know. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you want that for your marriage? Um, that's a promise to us as individuals, but it's a promise to us as couples as well. So bring everything to him. Those of you who are already praying together, you know what we're talking about. Just keep, keep doing that. If, if you haven't been praying together, then I would encourage you to take some, some kind of a step to begin to pray out loud together uh, because it will really be a blessing in your marriage. And, and those of you who maybe are praying occasionally, uh, sit down and talk together about how maybe you can fit in your schedule to, to pray more consistently and intentionally together as a couple. Because here's the bottom line. God wants you to have an awesome marriage. He wants it to be a source of joy uh, and not of pain and hurt. And he wants to bless you through it and others through it. But you can't do it in your own strength. And, you know, you can have a great marriage without praying together. But Praying together adds a new dimension to your marriage and, and depth in your relationship with each other and God. So if you're not praying together, I, I would invite you to think about what steps that you can take to experience the power and the closeness that comes with praying with the love of your life. Let's pray together. God, I uh, thank you so much for each person here and the work that you're doing in their life and how you're drawing them closer to you. I thank you for the couples, uh, and I pray for their marriages right now. Uh, Forrest and I come together agreeing, asking that you would bless them and strengthen their marriages. Uh, if there's anything going on, any hiccups, any difficulties right now, I pray for your uh, Holy Spirit's presence in each marriage, that you'll bring healing that you would help each couple to really catch a vision, God, of what you want to do in their marriage and through their marriage, that you'd speak to them as they pray together about how they can be in ministry together and how you want to use them and, and why you've brought them together. God, thank you for, for this time together, and we offer ourselves as we go from here for your glory and purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, can we have the ushers uh, come and receive?